Hey, this is Rich. This is Cass. This is Jacob. This is Luke. Yes, Salut, c'est Jonathan Mercier. Welcome to the Hillsong Creative Micropod. Hello and welcome. It's Rich Langton speaking, your host for the podcast. I hope that uh, hope you're having a great day as you listen. Uh, you could be out walking, you could be at home, wherever you find yourself. I'm glad that you're with us and that we can do this journey with you. Uh, if you've been listening for a while, you'd know that we've been doing a series, uh, an entrepreneurial kind of series, uh, and we've spoken to a whole bunch of different people doing creative things, uh, intersecting their faith with their real life, and that's been great. I've been sowing encouraged by by listening again to those interviews which we've done over a period of time. Um, if you haven't heard those, go back and listen and uh, I hope that they actually fit into your, uh, you know, where you find yourself in life as well. I think they will. I think you'll find some real encouraging stuff there. Anyways, but today uh, we are going to be hearing from Cass Langton, our global creative pastor. And for those of you who know, she's my wife. And so I'm a little bit biased, but every time she speaks, she seeks the Lord and, and it's almost a painful creative, like the tortured artist creative process that she goes through. But she seeks the Lord for what she might speak to our team about, and she presents it really well, eloquently. And I think today uh, is is one of those special uh, messages for our team. And for those of you who are listening, I, I hope and pray that you can uh, take it on board as well. So it's from our creative team night, which we've just kicked off for the year, the new year. And uh, each month we're going to be having uh, what we call collected nights. If you're part of our team, you'll know all about what that is. So this is from one of our collected nights, and I think you're going to love it. And uh, it's all about worship. So we'll jump straight into it, and I'll talk to you real soon. Father God, we have come here tonight seeking You. Lord, we are desperate for You to move in our midst. God, to mark us again as the worshippers of Hillsong Church as the creatives of Hillsong Church, as the production team and the dancers, as the dramatic arts God, as the people of God who lead this church forward. And so Lord, I pray by Your Holy Spirit, You would speak to each one of us tonight. Take my words and the meditations of my heart. I pray that they would be pleasing to You. Lord, give us receptive hearts to listen in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. So you can take your seats. Oh, sorry, I made you do that. Um, I don't know if you're new to team night, but this is one of my favourite spaces in our church. It is sacred and holy. It is ridiculous and fun. And you never know what you're gonna get on a Thursday night. So you should keep turning up and see what God is gonna do. Um, I wanna start by telling you a story about the Vassa. Brad Coring, who is our creative pastor in our Queensland State Oversight Campus, he texted me, he said, you need to read this story. So I started to read this story in the Smithsonian Magazine. Sounds really smart, hey? And it's a story about an old Swedish warship. It was in uh, 1628 on the 10th of August that she sank. It was a maiden voyage. She was the original Titanic. And she was actually so vast and so big that the whole of Sweden was so excited to come and see her sail through the Stockholm Harbour. And when they got there, they watched this giant, ornate, beautifully carved wooden warship head out of the harbour. The first gust of wind came and she was fine. 
But the second gust of wind came 20 minutes into her leaving the harbour. And she was loaded with 64 bronze cannons and all sorts of things. And she sank in front of everybody who was watching on the dock. And I tell you that to tell you this, apparently when they built her, they paid more attention to the outside than to the inside. And so she was unstable at her core and she sunk. That may mean nothing to you, but tonight I wanna talk to you about one word. And that word is this, tumble home. Tumble home. You know, we have a thing in the Langton family. Am I allowed to kick off my shoes? Okay, we have a thing in the Langton family where every January we like to name our year. And you know that if you've been part of this creative journey for any point of time, like we had a year called Alfred and then last year we called the year Emil, which I know may mean nothing to you, but Emil was the rat from Ratatouille. So I like to think that we were quite prophetic in our family in a pandemic year that it was named after a rat. But actually our aim last year was that we would spend a lot of meals around our table. Little did we know what the Lord had in store for 2020. Turns out we spent a lot of nights at the Langton home around our table. But this year, we decided we would call our year Jessie. She's gonna be a year of adventure. We bought a caravan that we are doing up. Like there's all sorts of stuff. She also is the name of the father who gave birth to the King of Israel. So we thought that was pretty good. And it means God exists, which is pretty awesome until I was talking to Reed and Katie Wall and they called their year Tumble Home. And all of a sudden I was jealous because it is a much better name than my year. I wanna tell you what a tumble home is and you'll see where I'm headed with this. A tumble home is actually something that is built into old Viking ships and canoes. It is the ark that causes it to be stabilised and come upright in the water. It is what lives at the core of these boats that mean that when you are sailing through the water, if you wanna lean to the left or to the right, the tumble home actually creates the stabiliser in the boat and keeps it from tipping over. It is the thing at the core of the boat that allows it to lean and to go with the fluidity and the flow of the water. It is what lets it, let me just tell you, have less strain and you can work harder if the tumble home is right. It creates space that allows you to not fall out of the ship. And I love that thought of tumble home. I love the thought that at the centre of you and me, there can be something that stabilises us, that allows us to travel fast through the water and to not lose men overboard, to navigate the seas that God has for us in a way that is healthy and wholesome and good, that doesn't create more strain or more pressure. But the more you lean, the more your sense of well-being is if your tumble home is set right. Do you love that thought? I would love for 2021 to be a year of tumble home in our creative team. I keep thinking this, what is it that you and I can put at our core that will let us see Jesus use us the way that He intends to use us this year? What are the things in here that we need to get right so that we are stable through every season, whether the waters are rocky or whether they are smooth sailing and great? And I would say to you tonight, to work that stuff out, to answer those big questions, it's a not so trivial pursuit. You know, when I was little, I got the game Trivial Pursuit for my 12th birthday. And it was all about 
answering important questions to get pieces of pie that actually gave you a well-rounded pie and you finished the game. And I put it to you as a team, wherever you are in the world, whether you're in Melbourne or Newcastle or Fiji or Greater West, that we need to answer some questions together as a creative team that give us a well-rounded life. You're not just your service. You're not just your worship. You're not just your family, but all of these things coming together, us finding community and a sense of home matter for you to be the people that God has called you to be. So I wanna put it to you tonight that our tumble home, Hillsong Creative, that the thing that has to live at the very core and the very centre of who we are is worship. That worship is our tumble home. And by worship, what I'm talking about is not the songs that you sing or the music you play, not the faders that you push on desks or the photos that you take, but it's the revelation that we have of who Jesus is. I love that JD talked about that tonight, that his first verse was that like, we find our sense of purpose in who Jesus is. And I think that that is the starting point of worship. Revelation, you know Him, you see Him, you have been captivated by Him and you love Him. And because of that, because of that revelation, you can't help but respond in every way that you know how. You respond with your life, with your words, with your generosity, with your encouragement, with your song, with your skill, with your gift, with your talent, with whatever is in your hand, you respond in order that other people might get a revelation of who Jesus is and what He is about. You know, as a creative team, we have often quoted some pretty incredible verses about what worship is and what it does. And those verses are found in 2 Chronicles 20. And I wanna read them to you because like, this is our jam. This is the stuff that we as a team quote all the time. Like we go, do you know what worship does? This is what it does. And it tells the story of Jehoshaphat and his army. And we say all the time, worship ambushes the plans of the enemy. And 2 Chronicles 20, 20 to 22 says this, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Dakota. And as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, listen to me, Israel, have faith in God, have faith in His prophets and you will be successful. And it says, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise Him as they're going out to war. They went ahead of the army and this is what they said, give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. And this is the bit we say it over and over again, as they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Amnon and Moab and Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. I don't know about you, but I love that story. I love the thought that as we begin to sing as a church that God would ambush the plans of the enemy. I love the thought that your song silences Satan, that worship wins wars. I love that it's not in the Old Testament that we see this, but it is in the New Testament. It's in Acts 16. You know the story, well, probably Paul and Silas are in jail. And the Bible tells us about midnight when all hope was gone and they didn't know what to do, they began to pray and to sing. And as they sang hymns to God, all the prisoners were hearing, but suddenly the Lord sent an earthquake and the prison doors flung open and everybody's chains were loosened. I want that kind of worship in our church, don't you? 
Don't you wanna turn up on a Sunday and know that as you're singing and as you're declaring praises and as you are doing your job, that God is using it to do something incredible in the heavenlies. I want that so badly. You know, Ephesians 5 says this, speak to each other with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music with your heart to the Lord. Give thanks to God the Father for everything in the Name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Somehow, song is spiritual. It has some incredible power to do some damage. And I love that your song is not just what comes out of your mouth, but it is your very life. That as a worship team, everything that we do together combined, is that people might hear the song of the Lord and they might find salvation and hope and deliverance and answers, that they might find their chains are loosened and we might all stand and go, check out what God does amongst us. That's why we're here, right? Somehow you and I, we have this revelation that worship is our tumble home, that at the very core of who we are, we're a worshipping people. It is a mandate and a command. But over summer, I started saying to myself, God, like that, that chapter in Chronicles, you ambushing the plans of the enemy. What was that actually about? Like what was going on? Why God did you use their worship so powerfully? You know, as a team, we've seen God use our worship powerfully in the years through Hillsong United, through Hillsong Worship, Hillsong Young and Free on Sundays at our conferences. And I never want that to be, that was what happened in the past. It is my prayer that that God would mark us as a team for worship well into the future, that He would continue to put His hand on our team and our songs. And so I started to ask myself questions about why. And I love what I found out. And so tonight, I wanna take you back to 2 Chronicles 20 in your Bible. And I wanna show you some pretty cool things. And I have a feeling that God may be giving us some keys to our future, is that okay? So here's the deal. Let me tell you about the backstory of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is the king in Israel. He's come to the throne and in chapter 17, It says that he was one of those good kings in Israel, that he was a man after God's heart, that his heart was devoted to God. And as a result, actually says something really cool in verse 10. It says this, as a result of the fear of the Lord on all the kingdoms in the land, they did not go to war against Jehoshaphat. So God had decided that He was gonna actually provide protection and hold back the enemies from Israel. And Jehoshaphat must have been pretty pleased about that, right? I hate when I feel like the enemy is coming against me. So Jehoshaphat had this season of peace and everything was great. But by chapter 20, three chapters later, we find that actually God's kind of decided to loosen His grip on those nations. And He's changed the game a little bit. And then the enemies begin to rise up and come against Jehoshaphat. The thing I know about God, Had he wanted to, he could have held back the enemy. He could have actually prevented Judah from having enemies come against them. But I have a feeling that at this time, God wanted to prove to Judah that He could protect them in other ways. 
I love that thought because I think about where we all find ourselves this year. 2020, 2021. Have you felt threatened? Have you felt like your joy has been threatened? Have you felt threatened by a lack of community? Have you felt threatened in your marriage or your faith has felt flimsy? Like for some of you, you will have lost your jobs in 2020. You would have struggled with health. I know that right now at the moment, Tony Romero and our team in South America, there are so many of them who are currently battling COVID. Same with our team in the UK, same with our team in the USA. Their health has come under threat. And yet I wonder if maybe right now the Lord wants to prove to us that He is well able to protect and rescue us in different ways from what we think are possible. He's not scared of attacks that come against us. In fact, He has strategies for rescuing you. He has a way out and He has a means of inserting Himself right into the middle of the story. I wonder if this year has got the capacity to cause your boat to upend and you to feel like you're sinking or falling out or whether you are gonna let God do something at the core of you, bring tumble home and worship right back to the centre so that when things come against you, your eyes are actually able to focus on where God is and what He's doing. I love that that is Jehoshaphat's story. So here's what happens, right? In Chronicles 2, it says, verse 20 says, after the Moabites and the Ammonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat, some people came and said to him, a vast army is coming and they are already here. And then it goes on and it says this, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved. Do you know what I love about that? The very first thing of this story is that his advisers are coming to him to go, they're coming, they're coming to wage war on us and we need to. We need to get ready, we need to mobilise the troops, we need to go to war, we need to get strategic, we need to get a plan, we need to have ideas. I think about our team, our core leadership, and I think about all the challenges that we have faced this year. You know, there are things that are threatening church gathering together. We need to get online working. We need to get a venue in Newcastle. We need to um, get our production teams working harder. We need to sort out the chats. We need to, we need to, we need to, whatever they are. We need to write new songs, we need to. And my temptation is to do exactly what those advisors wanna do, to start to strategize. Oh, we can fix that easily. We could do this, we could do that, we could do something else. But Jehoshaphat paints a different picture. The very first thing that he did was he sought the Lord. It says, alarm Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. You know, Pastor Brian's been joking that creative maybe should lead out the fast for our church. Maybe we should. It said, the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town. Imagine tonight, Creative, if from Sweden to South Africa, if from GWS to the Gold Coast, from Melbourne Central to Perth, we resolved to seek God like that. It says this, Lord of God of our ancestors, are You not the God who is in heaven? Don't You rule over all the kingdoms of the earth? Power and might are in Your hand. It sounds like the new song Crocker wrote, right? He's ascribing greatness to God. Jehoshaphat knows who God is and he knows how to come before Him and remind himself that God is all powerful, almighty, always in charge, always aware of circumstances. He says this, 
God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of the land? He reminds him of what he's done in the past. Haven't you been good to us beforehand? Then he said, but for the sake of your friend Abraham, remember us now. Then he goes on. He said, we have come to a sanctuary built for your name. The very place where God said, if calamity comes upon you, whether by judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before the temple that bears your name and we will cry out in our distress and you will hear us and save us. I love that Jehoshaphat knows exactly where to go in the moment. He knows that the temple of God, that the church is the place where he runs to because God has put His Spirit in that place and He has determined to answer the prayers of the people there. You know what, creative team? I feel like we need to get a revelation that prayer is more powerful than we can ever begin to imagine. And it is the starting point of worship. That it is number one starting point. They sought God. And what I want you to hear is this. It's my favourite bit of this passage. It says this. We do not know what to do, God, but we fix our eyes on You. We don't know what to do, but we fix our eyes on You. Imagine a creative team that is so humble that comes before God and goes, you know what, God, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to lead Your people this morning. We don't know what they need. We don't know what they're going through. But what we do know is this, we will fix our eyes on You. Imagine what it would look like in volunteer teams if we go, you know what, I don't know what to do this morning, but God knows. Let's trust Him. Let's actually put Him out the front. Let's fix our eyes on Him and let's go with Him. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the Kingdom and everything else will be given to you. Whatever you're going through, wherever you feel threatened, if you resolve to seek first, if you resolve to seek first, I believe that God will be found by us and we will set a pretty beautiful foundation for a team that has worship at their centre. The second thing that Jehoshaphat did was this, after he had no idea what to do, every man, every woman, every child, every little one in the temple, seeking God. When he acknowledged their plight and their need for God, God answered. And it says that the Holy Spirit came down on one of the guys that was in the temple And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah, this is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army for the battle is not yours, but it is God's. Take up your position, stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged for I will be with you. Go out and face them tomorrow, the Lord will be with you. You know, in this passage, It talks seven times about a word called Amnon. And that word means stand still, stand still. The second thing that Judah did was they stood. They stood firm, they stood resolved, they stood in faith, they stood believing, they stood knowing that God was going to deliver them. They didn't know how, they didn't know what He was gonna do, but they trusted Him enough to remain. I wonder tonight, whether you are standing on firm ground or shaky ground. You know, that word, Henry Nguyen says, it's a picture word. And this is what it's a picture of, trapeze artists. Bear with me, right? So apparently, if you go to the circus and you watch a trapeze artist, there is a flyer and there is a catcher. I know who I wanna be, I wanna be the flyer. It sounds so awesome, right? 
But this is what He says. He says, the flyer has to stand perfectly still. The flyer sails through the air and he cannot move a limb or a bit of his body because it's the responsibility of the catcher to do all the work. The catcher catches. If the flyer even moves his hand to try to catch, he has the potential to break the hand of the, the catcher. They're not allowed to move. A flyer has to stand perfectly still and let the catcher do his job. And Henry Nguyen says this, the catcher is exactly how God's painting Himself in this picture. He's got you. You move an inch. You think you know how to be caught. You put yourself in, you go, look, I'll sort this. You render God powerless to do what He wanted to do. But if you stand perfectly still and you wait for the deliverance of God, then He will catch you. He will fight for you. He will deliver you. He will catch you. But then this is what I want you to see and this is my favourite. Am I allowed to have many favourites like Gabe Kelly does? It says this. So after all of that, it says, once the Lord spoke and Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. I love that at the Hills campus over the last couple of weeks, Taya has actually had us on our knees crying out to God in a place of reverence and humility. I love that Ben Fielding at our city campus wrote a song called Son of David and it has had us crying out for mercy. It's had us on our knees seeking God. But check this out. The whole of the people, all the people did the same. They got on their knees worshipping God. But then it says this, the Levites, both the Korites and the Korahites stood up to their feet and began to praise God. You know, over the last little while, we have talked as a team about we're the Levites. We're kind of like those guys in the Old Testament who were commissioned to get the temple running. Whether you are part of our events team or our production team, whether you're a TV team, the tech guys, whether you're putting in the Scriptures, like we are all engaged in the work of the temple. But at this point in time in Israel, the whole of Judah is on their knees in the temple and suddenly something stirs in the people of God and it is worship. Worship begins to stir in the Levites and the sons of Korah and they begin to go, you know what? We're gonna rise up, we're gonna stand up. And they stand up in front of everybody on their knees. I don't know about you, but I can remember when I gave my life to Jesus. It was in a little Baptist church and it did not happen very often. But what they did was they gave this appeal and when they gave the appeal, they went, well, everybody's looking. If you made that decision, stand up. And I reckon it took me months to get up the courage to even wanna stand up. But when you stand up, something powerful begins to happen. When you rise up into your God-given calling, something happens on the inside of you. And I believe that is what's happening in this passage of Scripture. The whole of Judah is on their knees crying out to God, but the worshippers get a revelation. They feel worship stirring in them and they stand up and before they even go out to battle and win the war, they begin to lead the people of God in worship. The song is in their mouth and while everybody is bowing down, they begin to sing. They begin to declare the goodness of God and the praises of God. 
They begin to tell the people that God is here. He is for us. I'm sure they're recounting what the Spirit has said. Do not be afraid. Go out tomorrow. We will win the war. He is with us. He is mighty to save. He is for us. And I wonder tonight what it would look like at Hillsong Church if the worshippers began to stand up not the vocal team and the musicians, but all of us. If we get this revelation of what it looks like to lead God's church in worship, if we get passionate on our inside, if we let God mark us here so that we can begin to sing out over the church. There's this photo. I don't know if you can show the photo of Rich Bryant, but Rich is our broadcast audio guy. You know, every weekend, he's out the back. He's out the back in a little tiny room with a big desk and he's making worship sound beautiful for people who are at home on the other end of the stream. He doesn't get into worship. He doesn't really sing very often. He doesn't do what most of us do on a Sunday morning. But last week at team night, he stood in the auditorium with his hands raised and he sung. And I posted this photo of him because I thought it was so beautiful that the broadcast audio guy had a revelation of what it looked like when the worshippers stood up. He had a revelation of his need to worship God and to respond to His goodness and grace. And so I wonder tonight, what does that look like in your area of church life? What does it look like where you find yourself? For you to come on a Sunday morning and be determined to sing over the people of God in order to prepare them for their week. And the third thing they did was that they sang. And they sang because they knew who they were. They were Judah, they were Levi, they were Korah. Their mandate and their mission was to bring song. You know, when you look back on those names, they were the choir in Israel. They were the ones who got the tabernacle ready for moving. They were us. And when they came, they knew whose they were. They knew they belonged to the Lord God Almighty. They knew He was a God who delivered. They had heard His story. They had seen His faithfulness and they threw themselves on His mercy and they relied on Him. And they knew what they were there for. They knew they were there to worship. You know, Toza says, God wants worshippers before workers. I don't know about you, but I find that so convicting. We work hard as a team. We do a lot of stuff. We take a lot of photos. We upload a lot of things. We do a lot of lyrics on screens, a lot of choir moments. We set a lot of microphones. We do a lot of stage installs. We work hard. We create the moments for colour. We will do all the back end of the production side of things. We work hard as a team. But Tozer says this, indeed, the only acceptable worshippers are those who have learnt the lost art of worship. So I ask you again, is your tumble home in 2021? Is your tumble home worship? And what would that look like? You know, I started to think about the kind of team, kind of people that we need to be this year. And I wrote this, I will worship. I am a Christian. My highest calling in life, it is to be more like Jesus. I will carve out time and space to sit at His feet. My heart yielded 
to His care and His correction. My worship is not reliant on rostered positions, nor reserved for a platform. I will treasure friendship with God over the function of relationship with Him. I will make the secret place my daily trodden path. My everyday life poured out as an offering, my most ordinary moments will be a sacrifice of praise. I will worship singing songs of biblical truth on Sundays and live my life like I believe those same truths on a Monday. I choose worship and choose to seek God at work in every season. My confidence is not in my circumstances, but in the unchanging nature of His character. I will worship with a new song. My life a reflection of Christ's mercies that are new every morning. I will worship with my practice, with my preparation and with my positions to lead others to the feet of Jesus. I will worship around tables and over meals. I will worship in community and we will become more kind, more compassionate and more Christ-like. I will worship in response to His worth and create as part of the mandate to see His Kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, as a team, for a long time we've said, we are Hillsong Creative. We're not just a worship team. But I wonder this year whether our tumble home has to put the worship right back into the middle of a creative team. Whether instead of thinking about all the cool things that you can do for Christ, you actually think about the worship that you can bring to His feet first and foremost. That before you actually come in and you fulfil rostered positions, you found yourself delighting in Jesus. You find yourself wherever you're serving, leading people to Jesus because you can't help but talk about Him and what He's done. I wonder, production team, whether you will be worshippers before you're workers. Whether college, You'll be worshippers before your workers. Whether our worship leaders will be worshippers before workers. I dare to believe that there is a different way of doing this at our core, where we seek God, where we stand up and where we sing in order to see the Kingdom come amongst us, in order that You might lead our church in the most beautiful kind of holy worship, and we might again remember that worship is a lifestyle, that it is what we are called to do and live for. Well, how was that? I hope that you're inspired and you're encouraged to uh, be a worshipper. I know that it impacted me and many of our team who were there in the room and watching live. So um, Cass mentioned uh, a manifesto that she wrote, a worship manifesto, and uh, we've received so many, I guess, requests for it that we put it out on social media. But as you're listening, if that was something that you'd enjoy to download and to have, uh, we've, we've made it available. So check out the show notes. Uh, there's a link down there. You can download it for yourself. Anyways, that's it for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you're inspired. God bless. We'll talk to you soon.